to the point listeners. What's up? It's your boy, Chris. Quickly, want to let you know, I will be going to Service World Expo if any of you are coming to it. So it's right here in my backyard in Phoenix, Arizona. So hopefully I'll see you there. Please stop by and say hello. Also, I'll be going to the Home Service Freedom event, uh, my man Tommy Mello's event putting on. I'm excited for it in Orlando towards the end of the year. So if anybody's going there, please hit me up. I can't wait to see you. And you all know I care about you, right? You guys know I care about you. So I took away my only leader in my CSR coaching and development team and brought her on this episode to share all the stuff that she's done to be so successful with some of our customers like any hour and we care some of the big, big, big players and the success she had. So that way, hopefully it can help you internally work on your CSRs and make them better to help you take advantage of every single call. Enjoy this episode with Liz Patel. This is to the point, a rhino experience voted one of the top home services, marketing and operations podcasts. Cutting through the bullshit and getting to the point. Hey, what's up to the point listeners? It's your boy, Chris. I'm excited for this podcast today. I know I say it all the time. I'm excited. And what's interesting about this particular podcast is kind of staying in the cadence of trying to bring solutions to you listeners that can help you look inside, look at yourself, look at the mirror and find out, are there some things internally that you need to fix besides marketing. So, you know, with, with the nature of, of just the industry right now, it, the demand leads being low that you guys are like, listen, I'm going to keep beating that drum. Cause it's true. You learned that from a couple of podcasts ago, but it is what it is. You got to start looking internally to find out what can you fix that you have 100% control over. So this particular topic is around focusing on those that you know, you are ignoring. And that is your CSRs or your whoever's answering your phones, like your first line of defense. Like we always skip over making sure that they're really good. They're taking care of that. You're giving them training, doing a good job because all those refer all the referral leads, the repeat customers, the marketed leads, all of it stops with that person and how they do their job to get you in the home to sell something. So you got to focus on it. Um, so I thought, well, Hey, what better than to bring on, our very own at Rhino who leads our traction program, which is our CSR coaching and development. And that is Liz Patel. Liz Patel, welcome to your first podcast. Are you nervous or excited or both? Oh, both for sure. But thank you, Chris. I think, I think the feeling of nerve and excitement actually is the same. Like, I think it actually is the same thing. I mean, I still get nervous. I still get nervous whenever I go to do a keynote or whatever, even I've done it like so many times, I still get butterflies but it's like excitement. Like, so I'm like excited to get out there and get after it. So, um, anyhow, so I brought Liz on and listen, like this is by no means me, uh, pushing this service. Like you have to use us because quite frankly, uh, we can only work with a limited number of people anyhow. And we're already maxed out and waiting for new coaches to be trained and ready, which I believe, um, shortly after this podcast airs, we probably will be in a good place for that. Um, but the reason I even went down this path of bringing Liz in, one is she came highly, highly recommended to me um, from uh, Erica, a, friend, a mutual friend of ours who has also been in the CSR training, uh, coaching and CSR coaching and development world for quite some time and is very uh, held in very high regard. So uh, Erica, shout out to you. Thank you so much because Liz has been fantastic. And so what we did was uh, in true Rhino fashion is we brought it in 
the service in-house and that person to lead it was Liz. And uh, she has exceeded all of our expectations. And here's what that means. Just because I like her doesn't mean she exceeds my expectations. Uh, why she exceeded my expectations is because our beta test customers liked her and they actually saw a lot of improvement from her. And those beta test customers weren't some small people. It was any hour up in Utah, uh, up in Utah, which by the way, uh, um, I think the day we're recording this is uh, Wyatt Hepworth's birthday. So happy birthday, Wyatt. I know he listens. Um, and then also we did We Care over in uh, Southern California. So like two big players, like a lot of, and we've had a lot of really great success with that. I say we, I'm taking credit for all of us, you know, but really it's Liz because this is Liz's baby. But w- the the point of this particular podcast is, listen, whether you're using somebody to coach your CSRs or not, you need to be paying attention to what they're doing. You need to make sure that they're doing a good job. Even if they're not doing a great job, like we can get them there, but let's make sure they're doing a good job. Because that is something that you, the listener, if you have any control whatsoever over that part of your business, you know, you're leading a business, you're, even if you're answering your own phones, like maybe you can take your own accountability, but you got to focus and look inside, you know, your own business because every lead counts. It is an absolute dogfight right now in the, uh, in the home services space for just leads and especially demand leads. So keep going after it, but you got to look inside too. So we, we brought on uh, the Nexa folks, David from Nexa, to kind of talk about the answering service because that's a whole other debacle that's finally getting some some you know some really good companies to come in and, and answer calls and do a good job. But you can also fix your own internal staff. So those are two like key levers that you can pull. So so that's why Liz is here. So Liz, um, I know this is your first podcast, so don't be nervous because I might like you know spit fire some things at you. But I have like a good set list of questions I want to ask. And really, here's my biggest hope for you is that you can share with our listeners, and that is we need them to know. What are some like key things that they could say they can measure against like if they're doing a good job or not? And so, so to the listeners, that's what I want to be able to give you is some education on, Hey, these are some of the things you should be looking out for. Uh, these are some red flags uh, and these are some action items that you can take to be able to fix those things or to enhance those things. So, so that's the path I'm going to take you down right now. This will not be a very long podcast this time around. I promise. I know they're typically like an hour long. I'm going to try not to do those things. So Without further ado, what I want to do is, uh, Liz, just you know, briefly let the listeners know a little bit of your history and how you got into the trade so they understand why they even need to listen to you. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Chris. I really am honored that my very first podcast is with the To The Point podcast. I uh, started in customer service over 20 years ago at a credit card company in Sydney, Australia. And I really do credit that company for just laying the foundation for my career. I learned a lot about myself and I learned a lot about the customer experience and really developed a passion for that customer experience there. Uh, My love of customer service just deepened as I continued to work for a series of other companies, mostly in the investment banking industry. And I spent time in quality and coaching management and then ended up as a lead customer service trainer. And then in 2017, I was introduced to Power Selling Pros. So they are a CSR coaching company and training company. Uh, Here is where I was much more thoroughly introduced to the home service industry. So this is where I really got to dive in and explore the industry a lot more. And I loved being able to take all my passions and my uh, strengths and experience and pour that into the customer service agents that I was training and really just refine those coaching and development skills there. 
And through a series of what I would call a miraculous event, I was introduced to you and I know, and I've just been given this incredible opportunity to build a powerful coaching program and a team. And that takes everything that I've learned and continue to learn and empower the companies and the CSRs that we work with to take their service to the next level. So couldn't be more grateful. Thank you. Sweet. Well, so what I loved when we, when I first met you was, um, when you, you came with a plan, like you already knew what you wanted to do for the contractors. And so we kind of got to see what you were about, like, you know, uh, who is, who is Liz? Like, what's your heart? And, uh, you came with solutions for contractors. Like you came ready to help them first, like, and you had a plan and I was like, this is fantastic. So not only did you come highly recommended from multiple people, uh, you came in prepped and ready to, to serve the contractors. And so, um, and you, and that's what you've done. And so, so we didn't just roll this thing out. We've taken like seven months or so. I'm not sure if it's longer than that, but like right around that mark to just beta test this, to make sure everything is working properly. So, um, again, like we had a couple of, of, of good beta test customers, you know, customers of ours that have, have been great and have massive volume of you know, massive call volume. So what a great one to test it out on is, you know, find massive opportunities like that where we have a lot of, we have a lot of at-bats. So, so why don't you just share a little bit with uh, the listeners, um, maybe, maybe some of the stuff that you uh, did or that you did with both We Care and Any Hour, um, because I know they've given us some testimonials and things like that, which is great. They're big supporters of it. And from that, they've told some of the, you know, some of their other um, peers, you know, but we're, again, we're kind of in a holding pattern. Um, but what was your like, how did those experiences go? Like what, when you went and met with them, like as, as com- the companies as great as them as well, like those are well-oiled machines and you were still able to go in and make decent movement with them. Like how did those, how did those beta tests go for you? Oh, they've been fantastic. Uh, my first experience with NEL was sitting down and just looking over the call flow. They had a really solid call flow and I just made a couple suggestions of things that they could do to just help their CSRs set up for success even more. And they hadn't changed their call flow in over 11 years. And through showing them how a couple quick changes can really make all the difference, they allowed me to revamp it a little bit and produce a new call flow for their team members. And they've seen huge success with that. Just in the first month, they saw a 2% increase and they were already hovering around that 90% mark. So it's really difficult to move the needle when you're reaching that level already. And it's very typical when you first give them a new call flow and you kind of shake their confidence a little bit that you might see a bit of a drop in their booking rate. But within the first month, they had a 2% increase. So it was super exciting and encouraging and have received great feedback from yeah, the CSRs and the management. Yeah, and aren't they around like the 20 some odd CCRs or something like that? Yeah, they continue between 15 to 20 CSRs. Got it. So to make 2% movement, by the way, listeners, uh, at that level, is massive. Like that is a big, big win because that is a big increase in uh, booked appointments, which means that because any hour has such a great close ratio, like, you know, that impacted revenue in a, in a big way. And so that's why they continue to work with us today. Like if they didn't work, it wouldn't, you know, if they didn't work, we wouldn't, we wouldn't be doing it. We wouldn't be talking about it. So was it kind of a similar thing with We Care down in LA? 
Yes, with WeCare, it was really fun coming in and um, they were going through some transitions at the time and really was able to build a relationship with the, the team members there and help them develop a manager in the office. And they also saw a two and a half percent increase in their first month, just putting some systems in place, having a plan in place for how you're going to answer your calls, having a goal for those calls can really make all the difference in, the, in your booking rate, your success rate and your customer experience. Got it. So, um, you know, this, this CSR role is so important. The person answering your phone is so important. And again, it gets overlooked, I think, quite a bit um, on just how important it is. Not that the, not that the position is being overlooked, just the importance of the position. Or, or maybe it's that you know it's really important, but you still don't do the things. And this is a very common thing, regardless of size of contractor, by the way. Like having, you know, worked with hundreds of contractors and listened to hundreds of thousands of calls, uh, you hear how these CSRs perform. And, and at Rhino, you know, we, from digital marketing company, we're tracking the lead all the way down to was the call booked and how did the CSR handle it? And then giving notes back to the CSRs, you know, for room for improvement, but there's no coaching attached to it. Right. It's just, you know, it's just, Hey, here's some things that we caught when Jill missed a subjection or the tone was wrong, or they missed this opportunity because they, they, they you know, called for a different company. But you still got to take action with it. And this is the missing ingredient that most do. But you also got to take some consistent action with it. But first thing is, you got to have the right person in the seat. Like, you got to have the right person that's actually answering the phone for you that, that, that you can trust is going to do a good job because it is a very important job. No one else can do their jobs if they don't continue to book the calls, right? Cause then you can't sell anything. You can't make money. And then nobody has money to pay the employees. It's like a, it's that like a big of a deal, right? Like, I think people gloss over that. So, so when some of these, um, some of these guys and gals that are leading these companies are looking to like find the right person for that seat. Is there something about, uh, or anything that you would look for in that potential candidate that you're like, Hey, these are some key factors that would make them a qualified, solid, good, uh, customer service rep. Yes. The number one thing I look for is their attitude. You can teach somebody how to talk on the phone. You can teach them a script. You can teach them how to use a system, but if you don't have the right attitude, you'll, you're not going to make a whole lot of traction there. I look for positivity. I look for people who want to help. I look for people who inherently are positive and look for the good. Those are the people who consistently want to do more and consistently want to improve and show up for your customers. So the number one thing I'm going to look for is their positive attitude. Got it. So this is the behavior. Um, these are some characteristics of the person. So, uh, I, th I think you and I talked about this before, but I, t I learned this back in the day and this was, way back in the day when I was working for discover card. Um, and it was a customer service rep. It was literally my first corporate job ever. Um, I wish I could go back and see what I actually, I thought I was super cool. I was actually, this is the first time I ever learned that I could sell something was there because I was really good at talking to people. Um, but one thing that I learned in training, um, was that the folks on the other end of the line can, they can hear if you're smiling. Like they could hear your smile or, you know, because, um, people will answer the phone and they're miserable. Like, you know, thank you for calling ABC heating and cooling. Can I help you? Like, you know, like there, there is still a, uh, 
a psychological aspect of this thing, even though they can't see you like to this position. So yeah, you got to be able to have the, you know, the right positive attitude. And I think if you have the right positive attitude, then naturally like you're kind of in a good mood and like that comes across, you know, people are excited and they want to do business with things like that. So, um, but there's also like some actual things that you have to, you know, to do right. To, to keep your job, to, you know, to be able to manage them, to be better. So, you know, in pure rhino fashion, you know, we make sure we track everything from every lead. What was a legit new customer? What was the cost per lead? What's the booking rate on that new lead? And how did the contractor perform on it? What's the revenue attached to it? all the things, right? Because metrics, you know, what gets what gets measured gets managed. So what are some of the key metrics or KPIs, whatever you want to call it, that these contractors should be looking for? to measure the success of their CSRs. SmartAC.com, SmartAC.com. If you haven't heard of it, you better find out. If you haven't implemented it, you better check it out. You have to get started doing something. 2024 is going to be an absolute battlefield. What are you doing differently than your competitors? You need to make sure that your memberships are sticky. SmartAC.com does that. Lifetime warranty, insurance savings, filter discounts, 24-7 monitoring that lets you know about problems before the homeowner might even know about the problem. Live tech chat, service providers, all of this with smartac.com. You've got to check it out now. Yeah, the first KPI that I would be focusing on is their booking rate. I think that that's very telling as to how things are going. Uh, the rate, however, is greatly influenced by how your agents are categorizing their calls. So firstly, you'll want to make sure that those are being categorized correctly and that that's accurate. An industry standard, it varies a lot, but I would say a mid-80s number is a pretty solid number. So if you're mid-80% in your booking rate, that's pretty solid. I work pretty hard to get that above 90. Um, if you're pulling in much below that 80, 85%, there's some great opportunity for improvement there. Another KPI is your call handle time. Something here you'll want to look out for is if your queue time is counted in that handle time. So if you see it's a six minute call, but that customer was really waiting in queue for two minutes, you'll just wanna be making sure that number, those numbers are accurate. We do look for about a four to six minute handle time for that call. And that really just shows efficiency. The customer doesn't wanna be on the phone with you for a long time, but that's a great amount of time to really give them an experience, really connect with them, get the job done, get the job booked, and be able to move on to the next customer uh, in, in an efficient way while still giving an amazing customer service experience. If it's much higher than that, we'll look into efficiency. And if it's much lower, we're gonna be looking into quality. So that's where your magic will be, that four to six minute amount. Another KPI I get asked a lot about is how many calls they should be taking each day. This is interesting to track because it's all going to depend on how busy you are in your center, how consistently are your calls coming through, how staffed are you. So the way I like to explain this one is if you, if every CSR in your group is getting calls constantly, so there's no wait time. There's no waiting around for the next customer to call in. You should be hitting around 50 to 60 calls a day. Uh, if they're waiting around, then that's a great opportunity for getting some outbounds in there as well. But 50 to 60 is a good amount uh, that they should be reaching for and pretty typical for a busy day. 
the last KPI I want to talk about is really what's going to show you the health of your company. And this is your customer return rate. This is what's telling you that the experiences you're providing are bringing your customers back to you again and again and again. And in the industry, we've found that 30 to 40% is pretty decent. Um, I would love to see that above 50%. And using your memberships, any kind of service contracts or memberships you have can really help increase those numbers and even get you into the 60%. But the more time you spend getting your customers to come back, the less you have to spend trying to get those new customers in. Got it. So, so you gave us some like, uh, median metrics, right? Like that you would, that these, that the contractors listening or whoever's listening could use to gauge their success or failure or whatever it is, just to kind of see how they fare, you know, in, in, with the median. So because I haven't sat through any of your trainings, do you then take like, uh, if it's, if it's above or below grade, do you then say, okay, well then let's go ahead and dig into your um, call handling or your, or your booking rate, you like, you dig into these certain things. And then, and then I'm also guessing like not everybody's going to be at the same skill level, right? So you've got different varying skill levels that you probably have to to look into. And, and so do you just like forego the really, really good ones and you just focus on those that need help or is there like, how does that even work? Because like with a, with a, an any hour in particular, like they have so many CCRs with varying level of skill, how do you handle things like that? Or um, how would you know a contractor be able to handle things like that? Like maybe they can't, maybe they have to, maybe they that's when they, they have to step in and get somebody to help them because they still have a business to run. And this is like a training for individuals. It's almost like, you know, you have some kids that go to school and they're a varying like skill level. So then they have to like break off into their own little like section, you know, for those who maybe aren't as advanced as the others. I always hated that by the way. Um, but it didn't happen in my school. I would have been probably in the uh, less advanced section um, in okay. some, specifically math. But you know what, teacher, guess what? I am carrying a calculator in my pocket every day. <laughs> um, but how do you handle things like that too when you know there's like varying skill levels, you know, w across the CSRs? Because you can't coach every, the same thing to everyone because it's like that would be a waste of time. Absolutely. So one of my favorite parts of working with that many CSRs is taking a monthly snapshot of every CSR, where they are, uh, where their booking rates are, where their call ha average handle times are. I'll give the client, uh, give any hour a, a report, a snapshot that shows how we're doing as a company and break that down into how each CSR is doing. And then the real magic is in the one-on-one -on -one coaching session. So that's where they get their personalized attention and the coaching that they specifically need for their calls. One CSR might be struggling with one aspect and another CSR finds that really easy and they're struggling with something else. So those one-on-one -on -one sessions are where I get to really address the specific things that that CSR needs to be more successful in their calls. And that's a really fun part of the process. Got it. Okay. So you said one key thing like uh, a, a little bit ago, and it was, you used the word experience. Um, and that is what we are giving the, the potential customer one way or the other, good or bad, they're getting some sort of an experience because we all know they don't want to be calling you in the first place. Like they aren't, they're not just searching HVC, plumbing, electrical, like for fun. They don't want to have to call you in the first place. So it's already an unpleasant experience that they have to call you in the first place. So you need to make sure that when they do, it's as pleasant and easy as it possibly can to get them to choose you to do business. So the experience needs to be on point. And by the way, if it's not, 
the odds of them choosing you is significantly down. They're going to choose your competitor. And uh, unless you like losing, you know, you got to change these things. You got to fix it, but you have control to do it. And so um, you just have to learn like, what are the different levers you have to pull? And at some point in time, maybe you have to bring in your own coach and that's okay too, because what you think you might be giving up in expense is actually really an investment into much larger sales because now you've spent a little money to make your first line of defense better at actually booking the calls, giving you more opportunity for uh, to get in the home to create more sales. And by the way, you make more than what you think you're going to save by spending time on these CSRs. I hope you heard that again. We should clip that one and make sure that we just run that on repeat. Um, so, but the experience that you give is incredibly important. Now, listen, when I talk about there also being negative experiences, trust me, like if you've ever listened to your own phone calls, listeners, uh, be prepared because it can be brutal. Um, but at the same time, if you've ever listened to your after hours answering services, they're typically worse. Like you want to punch them square in the face. I wanted to do it for years. I got to share a quick story. I'm going to share a story. It's story time with Chris. So Lord Christopher. <clears throat> so one of the very, this is probably early. Uh, I've been in business 15 years now. This is probably 2010 ish, 2011. I heard an after hours answering service in Lexington, Kentucky. And uh, this, somebody called in. It was a, it was about two o'clock in the morning. I'm listening to this at about 2 AM. And it was an after hours call for a customer of ours in Lexington, Kentucky. So it's 2 a.m. This is when like, I'm still very, 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 very small company. I'm doing all the digital. I'm doing all the listening to the calls myself, all the classifications, everything. So I hear the answering service. It's hard enough to get bring in leads for customers. This was a smaller player and we were doing a good job and I want them to capitalize on every lead we brought in. The answering service uh, says this, and this is what set me down the path of trying to figure this answering service and stuff out. But it was someone who called in and said um, that their furnace, their furnace was broken. Their furnace was broken, right? Because it was cold. It was in the middle of the night uh, and furnace was broken. So the answering service agent, I swear to you, says this. Um, Sorry, we don't work on furnaces. We're a heating and air conditioning company. We don't work on furnaces. We're a heating and air conditioning company. So it's like 2 a.m. my time. So I think I'm being punked. If you've ever seen that show, like punked, Ryan, you remember that show punked? Yeah. So that's what I felt like. I was like, somebody's messing with me. Like no way this moron really just said that out loud, like, and thought that was the right answer. But that's whenever I thought, you know what? Screw this. I'm launching my, launching my own answering service. Like I got to book these calls for these contractors, especially after hours. Cause it's such an easy win just to answer your damn phone calls and book them after hours. But, uh, but that's clearly like a really, really bad example. But listen, there's some CSRs that are, make, that are making the common mistakes over and over again. So what are some of the most common mistakes that you see from your all like gobs of experience of working with hundreds, hundreds of CSRs? Like what are the most common mistakes that you see them making? So that way our listeners might be able to know like, hey, I'm not listening to all these calls, but if I'm like walking, I hear them, or if I do listen to a few phone calls, what are some red flags that they can be aware of? The number one red flag I would say is hearing your CSR say, oh, sorry, we don't give a price over the phone. Uh, but what if they don't give a price over the phone? If they don't give a price yeah. over the phone, then, then then they wouldn't know like, hey, is that is that a thing? So like, I'm curious to hear what you got on that one. 
So when your CSR has come out and said, we don't give a price over the phone, what they've actually done is labeled that customer as a price shopper, which means they don't think they're a viable lead. And they've completely decided that there's no reason to build a relationship, uh, ask a little bit more about what they need, find out how we can help them, and maybe get an opportunity to show them why it might be better to have a technician come out there. And so they say, in person. so they say, bye, Felicia. <laughs> they do. <laughs> okay. So what else you got? Right up. Uh, we hear that one a lot. Another one is when a customer wants service right away, they might say, oh, I'm so sorry. We're booked. We can't come until Friday. And if you hear that, that means that customer has just decided that's not good enough. They're going to call around. They're going to work with your competitor. The important thing there is to understand that even if you can't get them today, you can still help them and still be a solution for them. Because we all know that if you're busy, more than likely your competitors are probably pretty busy too. So to cast, capturing that appointment in that moment is vital to at least have a chance to help that customer. So we have tools to help you capture that appointment, save a spot for them on the schedule. And if we don't even get a chance to talk to that customer and find out what they're looking for, find out their priority or their situation, we might even be giving inaccurate information to begin with. So the first thing is identifying what is actually a lead and recognizing how we can control the call and build the relationship in order to book those. So, so what about, uh, oh, did I just cut you off? You're good. Go for it. No, no, no. Go ahead, please. Cause you might just answer my next question, but go ahead. Okay. Well, other red flags you might want to look for is identifying other leads where if a customer is calling for a part, a lot of CSRs will assume that that's not something we can help them with. And so you'll want to coach your CSRs on how to ask the right questions to see if we can build value around sending a technician and having a professional install that part for you. That way it's going to come with warranties. It's going to get done right. The right part will be installed. And then another one is wrong numbers. A lot of CSRs ah, are going to hang okay. up on your wrong numbers. I got you. Um, it's really fun to book a wrong number call. So when your CSR is experienced in understanding that this is an opportunity to educate that caller, whether they're looking for your competitor or they're looking for a completely different service that you don't offer, take the opportunity to say, hey, we do heating and air. Is there anything we can help you with today? And you just might book that call. Okay. Well, that's what I was going to ask you is how that works. Um, I imagine that the percentage of conversion has got to be low um, on a parts call on a competitor call, but why not give it a try? Right? Because if you can book a couple of them, it's all money, baby. They're called in anyway. I mean, maybe if like call volume is ridiculous, you try and identify it quick and then you move on. But, um, still man, go after, give it a shot. There's all kinds of little tactics to, you know, that can be used to overcome that. Let's just call it an objection. Um, you know, to, to get it booked. So don't know if you don't try, but there is some skill to it and you can, it can be learned. Um, okay. So uh, talking about like it, it, it can be learned is do you have, and this is where I see a lot of inconsistencies too. And this is one of the things that you and I first talked about whenever um, we were talking about putting something together, it was around um, frequency, like frequency of training. And we know that there's typically like a lot of turnover in these CCR roles or CSR roles um, for, for various reasons, but sometimes we're not giving them a fair shake because you, you aren't providing them the right training and tools they need to be successful frequently enough. And so there's a lack of accountability in there. 
Um, and by the way, like if you're listening to this right now, I bet you the odds are that you have experienced this. Um, and it's, you're not alone. <laughs> um, but is there some sort of like regular cadence that, that CSR training should be or what it should look like? I mean, I'm guessing it would, it's clearly going to vary, you know, by organization, right. Um, by if you're smaller and you've got those that are really, really, really skilled, or if you're like, if you're the owner still answering your own phone, things like that, like, but is there like a, a good regular cadence that the listeners should be paying attention to, to get on like, Hey, I, every, you know, every, like to start, you would do X amount of time. And then like maybe month three, you do this. And then by month six, you are down to this. Like, is there something like that that you follow right now for our customers? Cause I don't really know to be quite honest with you, but what, like, what is the cadence? Absolutely. So first I am very passionate about making sure Training is a culture, not just a checkbox. Oh, I love that. Something I've done great. They're good. Um, think about the t- amount of time and energy you spend into training other departments in your companies, maybe your technicians or your sales team. Your CSR team needs just as much or even more of that type of consistent training and, and culture in your company. So when you're learning something new, you, you're going to want to get in there a little bit more often. And so I start with a weekly process, a weekly training. And this is really to cover the basics and check in with them weekly to get them ramped up as quickly as possible. You'll want to at least be doing twice a month. You need to give them a little bit of time to try things and practice it and get used to it before you move on to the next topic. But it really should be a culture in your team. It should be something that is not one and done. Uh, One of the big things that you find in the customer service industry is workshops, one or two day workshops. They come in, they teach you some great tools. You grab a couple nuggets, you try them out for a little bit. And then we all know we go back to old habits. So Mm -hmm. if you want to create sustainable permanent change in your team, there should be ongoing consistent coaching that builds and that includes accountability and support. And so uh, we will go into a twice a month coaching. And then once I've even covered all my curriculum, we'll still check in with them once a month to make sure that they continue to get that accountability and support. Got it. So how critical is ongoing role playing in this process with it? Oh, and by the way, actually, let me ask this question differently. Um, let's just say that at bare minimum, somebody listening right now doesn't have the funds or whatever to, to fix this. Right. So like, what's the bare minimum that can be done? Well, let's just say you throw a call, you, you have call tracking numbers on some of your marketing now. So if that, if you have call tracking numbers and you actually have call recordings that whomever is listening to your phone can listen to themselves on the call and hopefully, uh, self-correct. Um, I don't know how, uh, well that works, but it's at least better than doing nothing. So, um, but how how important is role playing and how important is role playing in in like all the training? Like, is it something that you that you think because it makes everybody uncomfortable, right, to do it? And and do you really act the same in role playing? I hated doing it early on in my sales career, but it made me so good because it's never going to be worse than talking to somebody who knows all the answers. <laughs> but how important is role playing? I role play almost every coaching session. If you want your CSR to absorb the information and be able to use it on a call, they need a chance to practice it with you and iron out the details. So we will role play every single session if possible. Hey, can we role play real quick? (laughs) Go for it. Let's do it. (laughs) No way. You wish, listeners. You wish. Thanks for calling ABC. How can I make your day better? Could you hear my smile on that? Did I sound super cheesy? 
Don't give me that look. Oh, sorry, listeners. Uh, Producer Ryan's getting annoyed because there's people outside the studio annoying him. I can see it. Is that what you're, are you annoyed right now? I could tell. Good for you. All right. Well, um, anyhow, okay, so that completely just got derailed. So um, role-playing being an important factor of this thing, and even though it is uncomfortable, it's absolutely necessary. But like I said, at minimum, have them listen to their own phone calls and, and listen. I know you might not want to listen to those phone calls, but I bet if you set 15 minutes aside and you just listen to a few calls, you probably find a couple opportunities to make them better because it is 100% your responsibility to make sure that they are performing uh, at their peak performance and it's in your best interest. And guess what? You have a responsibility to your, you, yourself, your family, your employees to make sure that you're making really good decisions for that business. And listen, if demand is already tight and you want new business, tighten the ship in-house. This is something you can work on Role-playing is a part of the gig. So um, I want to move on to my, my last question, okay? So we talked a little bit about um, finding uh, courses for corrective action, you know, different trains that you can do, different metrics that you, that you look at to gauge, you know, um, where are they at in, the, in their CSR journey, their um, success journey, their um, skill. But... You also, you know, we, we also believe in, you know, praise because there is high, because there has traditionally been such high turnover in this role. Maybe sometimes it's because they're not feeling the love of like how good of a job that they're doing. And it seems like that's very common. And, uh, and most who know me, like I'm a big, big fan of praise and you tell people when they're doing a good job and then you make them feel as special as they are or that they've done a good job and you make sure that they know that. People like to be recognized for those things, right? And so that probably falls into your culture bucket. Um, but what are some really great ways that uh, you can motivate your CSRs to be there, to be their absolute best? Like aside from the training and stuff like that, like that's part of the gig, but like what are the things you can do to motivate them to be at their absolute best? Yeah, the, the CSR role is the most transient role I've ever encountered. And I really do believe it comes from a lack of appreciation and understanding of what that role entails. So the first thing I would speak to in regards to motivation is changing how you look at how you motivate that team. When a team feels sincerely appreciated, and that they really do understand their place in your company and how integral they are, and they feel that from you as an owner, uh, that makes all the difference to a CSR, knowing that they've really made a difference, knowing that they are actually appreciated and recognized for what they do. And I would encourage you to maybe rethink the way we look at motivation for CSRs. We throw a lot of resources to um, other departments, and I would love to see the CSRs get a little bit more of that. But other ways that you can motivate your team, um, team competitions are always fun. I've seen great success with point systems where you grow a, a as you grow your statistics, you can build points and cash those in for prizes. I love it when a team comes together and, and do a team competition and lift each other up. And then, of course, you can reward the outliers there. You can be rewarding for membership signups on the phone and giving spiffs for that. You can be rewarding for the number of outbounds they do, um, their productivity and things like that. But when you really show that team that they're worth it and that you appreciate them and you see what's coming and you show by example that the customer experience is important to you and you treat them in a way that you want them to treat your customers that motivation will come got it okay so we give them all the tools and the education to be great and then we reward we reward them for being great and then hopefully that minimizes turnover is that fair uh, that's absolutely fair okay yeah. 
Great. Well, sounds like we got a good thing going here. So uh, I know I was good. that was my last question, but I'm going to slip this in real quick too. And I know um, I understand that this particular question varies based on number of CSRs, also um, maybe like where they're at, timeframes, and companies, like and coaches and things like that. But at least, you know, for somebody who has no idea like what, what price points are for stuff like this, um, what does that look like? Um, in all fairness, I still don't necessarily know that I have our, well, I, I do know that I don't have our price points memorized for it, but you probably have a good gauge of like what it is out there in general, just for this type of stuff. But what are like some good price points that those listening should be, you know, for a really, really good coaching agency, you know, for their CSRs that understands the trades like we do, like what's a good, uh, frame of reference on cost for them to know? Yeah, that's a great question. Before I dive into that, I'd like to highlight the investment that you're making. I want you to take a look at your average revenue per ticket and just calculate how much additional revenue you would capture in your business if you just booked one more call per day. The industry average tends to be around $500. So if you had one CSR, just book one more call per day, you're looking at an additional $125,000 in revenue. So when you take that into account, the cost of that one call should be what you spend on your training. So around three to $500 is a great place to be, to be spending and in, in pouring into your CSR team so that you can really take advantage of the return on investment. And in the words of my good friend, Terry Nicholson, every $125,000 counts. <laughs> <It does. laughs> okay. That was really good. Answer. A little bit. <laughs> way to make, way to make it the, uh, investment number and what it turns into. That's like a pro right there. Well done. But that's the reality of it though, right? Like that's not just like, that's not hogwash. That's like real stuff. Those are real numbers. So can you, if you can imagine when you're getting hundreds, hundreds of calls a day, and you get a 2% increase and you think about those average tickets are like, those are some big numbers that you, you know, and, and it costs you what, you know? So obviously like if you're at a higher scale, you have more CSRs, maybe you're not spending 500 bucks a month, but you can still do the math and figure like it's a massive win. It's that important to focus on. So Liz, thank you so much. Hey, how was it for your first podcast? This was so fun. Thank you. You made it really easy. You did a good job. Do you feel like you did a great job? I did a great job. Good. See? Positive (laughs) attitude. I love it. (laughs) Listeners, hopefully you take some good things away from here, too. What I also want to be able to do is, um, by the way, you you can reach out to us, too. And and if you want some, you have questions on maybe something more in depth on any of those things that she talked about or even some, like, tactics or things like that, you don't have to use Traction, which is our CSR coaching development um, um, service. But we can still help give you some guidance, you know, because... The whole purpose of this podcast is to give you tools, you know, things that you can actually use, go back and implement to make you better. And, uh, and you don't have to pay for those things. If you want, if you decide you want to, and we have room, cool. I'm sure Liz can, can connect with you and see if it's a good fit for us all. But, um, what's a good contact, what's a, what's good contact info for, uh, for the listeners if they want to reach out and maybe get any information. Do you want to just give them like the, our main contact info? Does that work for you? Yeah, let's do the main contact. Okay, cool. So I'll, I'll go ahead and share it then. So easily you can just go to uh, the web, RhinoSS website, R-Y-N-O-S-S.com, uh, and just go to the CSR coaching uh, section. You'll be able to uh, find us there. Or you can email directly at info at R-Y-N-O-S-S.com. Or you can call Liz directly on her cell phone, and it is eight. I'm just kidding. <laughs> 
part. Let's chat. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, but yeah, feel free to reach out to just ask any questions that you want. We'd be happy to give you the guides. Obviously, you have options. You have options. Uh, I chose what I believe is the best. And, and we put the same care into this service and with our contractors to make it about you and not us. This isn't a money grab. This is a, another way for us to go to you and figure out how to help make you better, not only for yourself, but for all your employees who are believing in you and trusting you for their livelihoods. So, so hopefully you take this that way because that's the way it was meant. I just wanted to use Liz because she's done such a great job and I believe in her so much in that service. And I've been able to see how it's impacted the contractor. So, so Liz, I appreciate you giving me your time. Um, I'm glad I got to, to show you off a little bit. Thank you so much, guys. This was fun. So, you know, some of those metrics to close with is again, like she mentioned, you know, if you were just looking for the simple things like track their booking rate, and by the way, you can track their booking rate overall, and you can also track it on net new leads coming in. So you can see how did they perform overall with repeat and referral business, but Hey, how are they performing on brand new customers coming in? Cause there's a couple of different trainings you can do across, you know, when you figure out that metric, that's how we measure everything at Rhino. Um, you can look at just the, like the call handling stuff, you know, are they doing any, you know, uh, um, you know, how is their tone on the call? Are they overcoming objections? Like some of the things, just, li just listen to a few calls if you want to see kind of how your team is doing, just, you know, spot check a few calls, but there's a lot of different levers and things that you can pull. Um, and, and, and you don't have to do them all. You just got to start chipping away at it. The worst case scenario is you listen to this podcast, you go back and do nothing, which is my 95, five rule. It won't, go too far down that path but don't be the 95 percenters so go and do something now um what i want to share real quick is just a a uh, a review because i feel like a few episodes i've forgotten to do this um i need we need to get some more reviews we need to hey, listen will you let us know how great of a job we're doing if you love listening to the point podcast because i get a lot of messages sent to me and then and then i never don't see any reviews from some of those people so I'm, I'm asking if you really care about me, you would stop. You would actually start leaving a review for us right now and say, Chris, I really care about you. Um, that would make me feel so good. Um, but I'm gonna read a review from gatekeeper 40 and this says, uh, five stars love to listen and learn uh, amazing podcast, especially love episode 178 with Todd price. Uh, I've been following him for a long while. He's been from my hometown where I still live, and I've had the privilege of meeting him, and he's uh, meeting him in person. He must really like Todd Price. He's a giver, and I love his passion for helping and watching others succeed. By the way, this Todd Price guy is massive. He is gigantic. He is completely covered in tattoos. He runs a really successful roofing business in the southeast, um, bodybuilder, but just a good dude, got good principles, has discipline, all the things you need to be able to be successful. He's a good guy. Um, I know several of his team members, uh, personally, they're all great at what they do and enjoy what they do at perimeter roofing. Todd and his partners have created an amazing company and brand. The best is yet to come. Hey, gatekeeper, this is a really good testimonial for Todd. So I'm going to make sure I share this with him. And I appreciate you listening to our podcast <laughs> too. <laughs> Please stop making me laugh. I, I appreciate you listening to our podcast and listening to your boy, Todd. So I'm grateful for that. Listeners. Liz gave you got a lot of information. Hopefully you got a lot from this podcast. You don't got to do everything, but you got to do something. No zero days. Listeners, thank you so much again for listening to this podcast week after week. We are extremely grateful. Again, the whole purpose of this podcast is to give back to the home services industry that we love so much, whether you're a rhino 
or not. We really, really appreciate all the subscribers. And if you haven't subscribed yet, please go in and subscribe and you'll get all the episodes sent to you automatically weekly. Also, we have really enjoyed your feedback. Uh, it's so meaningful for us when we get to read the nice comments that you guys put. So keep doing that. And if you don't know how to do it, here's what you got to do. You search for To The Point Home Services on Apple Podcasts. You click on our profile, scroll all the way down to the bottom and hit write a review and be honest and share your story and how the podcast has impacted you and your business. Thanks again from the bottom of our hearts at To The Point Home Services Podcast. We appreciate you.